0: What AFC North receiver got in better shape this summer with the tremendous opportunity in front of him? Is there a sleeper tight end in the NFC East that is a must-target? and what AFC North quarterback is becoming the most polarizing player in the division. Plus, six-time FPC league champ Bob Levins drops in to talk about what he's seeing in football guys drafts this year, what AFC South running back he's scooping up in multiple leagues, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Put your hands, everybody. you got what Hey, y'all reps, and
1: I'm on the mic, and premieres on the break.
0: to all of you Balkaholics and Gurzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to tell you what receiver spent his offseason working out with Anquan Bolden to help him take a big step forward. Why the number four pick in Football Guys drafts might not be as desirable as it was a couple of weeks ago. And Bob Levin, a six-time league winner in the Football Guys Players Championship, hangs out to answer questions on Antonio Brown, Evan Ingram, Aaron Jones, and more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there at Power, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak where to reach us on Twitter. Facebook.com slash is where you can hook up with us there, 347-426-3682-347, uh, If you want to give us a buzz tonight, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up in the uh, bottom half of the show. Shout out to our producer and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer, and best friend Bryce is commissioning tonight, so we are on our own. If there's any audio difficulties, and Dave, we've never had to deal with any of those on this program. Not a once. Yeah, yeah. and now, you know we're coming up. You know what June 21st is? I don't know if I told you this.
1: Uh, the summer d Uh,
0: Is it? I don't even know. It could be. I don't know. First day of summer? Uh, it also could be as well. I, I meant in terms of this show. Uh. The X-100th show. 400th episode of the HSN right. Power will air on June 21st. Sweet. I'm very excited. We are doing nothing special for it. I'll tell you that right now. Not
1: yet. I'm going to make some plans. We're going to get some. You know, actually, I just got this. Uh, you know like they get those catalogs, Oriental Trading Catalogs? Yeah. I got one, and I threw it out. But actually, it's, in the, it's on the top part of the garbage, so I can pull it back out. Uh-huh. And they had, a, like, a, a taco party. So we can get pinatas and all sorts of Mexican food and stuff like that.
0: Oh, what do you think? Uh, that's fine. I'm just confused what that what 400 has to do with that.
1: Nothing. It would just be kind of fun to have. Okay. Uh, you know, Just you me- a big,
0: Mexican. Big yeah. Too. And uh, margaritas. We get the margarita yeah. maker here. Yeah. Right uh, okay. I'm in. So we are doing something special for it. Yes, yeah, it's a it's a Mexican theme. All right, perfect. Well, the theme tonight is drafting, and if you want to hook up with uh, some FPC drafts, you definitely can do that football guys uh, players championship draft there's going to be one popping off at midnight tonight i will be commissioning that there might be a second one uh so hustle up and uh, make that second one happen i think there's two or three spots left in the first midnight one we're going to open a second one up here shortly uh so that is going on at myffpc.com. dynasty startups also going to be drafting tomorrow morning i think there's still a few spots in that draft we also have another startup going on tuesday i believe and then uh more coming up on june 1st as well Early bird is going on for the main event right now, seven days left in that main event. So make sure that you are registering your main event teams in the next seven days to not only save $100 off your entry, but also get in that pros versus Joes drawing, which will be held sometime prior to our June 8th show. But I think on June 8th, we're going to reveal the Joes on these airwaves and and let you know uh, who made it into the pros versus Joes this year. So make sure you're signing up for that at myffpc.com. As always, best ball, super flex, and double ups, always available every day, all day at myffpc.com. Let's bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He's been playing high-stakes fantasy football uh, for the past decade, starting with the old w cough, and then with the FFPC for the last seven years. He says he prefers high-stakes leagues because of the high level of competition, and he now has six Football Guys Players Championship titles under his belt against that said competition. He's already drafted a few early Football Guys teams this year, and he's here to talk about his thoughts on them. Please welcome into the show, Bob Levins. Uh, Welcome to the HSFF Hour. Happy early Memorial Day to you, sir, and uh, thanks for hopping aboard. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's fun to be here with you on a Friday night. Appreciate it. The pleasure is all on this side of the microphone, Bob. No question about that. Excited to have you on. We're in the thick of draft season, and uh, we're we're thrilled to not only speak to a guy who's drafted a few teams already, but who's had a lot of success in the Football Guys Players Championship over the years as well. Uh, We're going to get to fantasy football here in a second, but can you give us an idea of what you're doing for a living when you're not winning these FPC leagues?
2: (laughs) Oh man, I don't know about that. Uh, I actually am a manager <laughs> for a medical. <laughs> I'm a manager for a medical device company, um, and the beauty of that is I've got a few friends who who I let them know they're gonna. I'm gonna be on this podcast, and they're wondering where their phone call is because they're also rabid <laughs> fantasy players and PC uh, competitors who have won a few as well. I'll share their names later, but uh, when I'm driving to some of my accounts, I'll, I'll make phone calls, and we're already breaking down divisions and sleepers and, and busts, so it's pretty funny, but uh, my work is, is allows me some flexibility to talk shop uh, while I'm driving from, from place to place. Yeah, that's always advantageous when you can have that, Dave.
1: Absolutely, 100%. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you had the pick 309 this year. You took Aaron Jones over Balthy's boy, Devonta Freeman, my coach, <laughs> Eric Henry, and Tony Michelle who doesn't touch that. Why was Jones your pick there as he begins his first year and Matt LeFleur's new offense in Green Bay?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a there's a couple things that go into that. I think first off, when I look at Derrick Henry and uh, Sony Michelle, those guys don't catch catch balls, and um, you got to rely on those touchdowns and those big yardage games. And, and while they'll have some, I like a little bit more consistency. Um, Derrick Henry clearly has the upside, um, and he's probably the better pick over Michelle, but. You know, with Aaron Jones, it's not because of Lafleur. Trust me, I'm actually not a Lafleur fan. Uh, I think he got his job at Tennessee large in part to Sean McVay's success in uh, with the Rams. But l- large in part, I mean, I think what Lafleur le- learned was that you have to ride your horses, and he learned that last year in Tennessee, you know, getting uh, you know uh, Derek Henry less touches was not the effective approach. And at the end of the year, we saw what happened. So, I do think he'll ride Aaron Jones. We saw Aaron Jones can catch the rock last year. Uh, The only knock on him, I think he's getting pushed down about a half a round because of his injury at the end of last year, missing two games. Uh, I think if that wasn't the case, we'd be seeing him go at the end of round two. So, I I like Jones a lot, Um, you know, picking at that place. I mean, I like other backs better, but, but Jones was my pick over those guys.
0: Yeah, Aaron Jones going at the 310 and FFPC best ball drafts right now. You obviously got him at the 309 here. I think I know the answer to this question, um, but, you know, with, as you alluded to, Aaron Jones ended the season on IR for the Packers last year. Are you concerned at all with the injuries this year, and, and is he a guy worth handcuffing to either Jamal Williams or Dexter Williams late, or are you just better off avoiding those two players?
2: You know, I think in some situations it's a smart move. I'm going to avoid it because I think if Aaron went down, I don't believe Jamal will get the full load anyway. So I'll just take the risk, go Aaron Jones and pick better players, in my opinion, in the 11th round. um, That's where I stand on that. But some people love the handcuff strategy. I I, I don't take that approach as, as often.
0: Bob, in that same draft, you ended up going with a pair of running backs right after you took Aaron Jones. You went running back, running back, running back in rounds three through five. You get Kerryon Johnson and Chris Carson to go along with Aaron Jones. Have you found yourself loading up on running backs like this early, you know, drafting three in the first five rounds? Is that something that either you found yourself doing this year or not at all, or maybe this is sort of how you like to build your teams?
2: No, not necessarily. I think in this the draft you're referencing, I I took uh, uh, Nuke uh, Hopkins number nine overall, then followed up with uh, with Antonio Brown. So with my with my two receivers there, I um, I felt really comfortable at the wide receiver position. And then obviously I was going to go Aaron Jones. I thought Kerryon Johnson was a steal at that point in round four. Round five, uh, you know, I, I, you think about Seattle and just where they're at. They're going to run the rock. Schottenheimer can't stop running. I think to a fault, but when, when when Russell Wilson now has lost his number one target for the year and, and um, Doug Baldwin, it's really coming down to a rookie and then Tyler Lockett. They're going to just run, 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 run. Those games are going to end in two hours. So, I mean, I think, you know, maybe there's <laughs> a, a team. <laughs> there's a team where I probably could have handcuffed and went Penny Carson. But at the time, the news on Carson's knee hadn't come out, and I like Carson more than I do today. I think the knee's a blip on the radar. He'll be back in a few weeks. But, um no, it's not a strategy that I'll that I'll take probably very often, going three backs in a row. But in this particular situation, I like the value.
1: All right, I got a question about Lamar Jackson, a player I own in a lot of. Leads. I don't know if you, first of all, you know, I don't know if I should say the bad news. Have you heard the bad news about Lamar
2: Jackson lately?
0: We're going to get that to later in the show, but you can bring it up now. All right, so I'm just going to yeah. bring this up real quick, and then I'll ask you. Have you
2: heard that? Heard about that? Yeah, he's missing everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't can't complete passes. And then on top of that, he he found out at OTAs that they had that they're gonna have a new offense. Like he wasn't aware that they were instituting a new offense until OTAs started. <laughs> it's Like what, what the hell are you doing, man? Anyway, so they drafted a lot of fast players. They drafted Marquis e. Brown, Miles Boykin, and Justice Hill, all running in like 4.440 type. I mean, I think all these guys run 4.4s or lower, actually. Uh, Do you think Lamar Jackson, in spite of this bad news, is still going to have a breakthrough fantasy season in 2019?
2: Absolutely. Uh, You think about it, he doesn't need to throw more than 24 touchdowns and however many yards, call it 2,600 yards, um, to to be up there with Drew Brees and others because he, I mean, I I think you guys may agree. I don't know. I'd be curious to hear your feedback. I think he's a thousand-yard rusher in his sleep, and he could easily break the eight-touchdown mark. So, you've got a guy when you factor that into the, to the PC uh, scoring format, you know, that's going to put him into a 4,000 plus yard season with 30 something touchdowns. And that's without hitting his four, four speedsters on a slant that hits the end zone. That really doesn't require a lot of skill throwing the ball. I like Lamar Jackson. Cause I, I like what they did at least um, uh, the Ravens and, and getting him some playmakers that maybe could take it to the house. He's obviously not a good passer, but uh, that D is not going to be as good as it was last year. He may be forced to do some other things. Uh, I do like Lamar Jackson late. Uh, keep throwing bad passes. Keep moving down in the draft. I'll keep taking him because he does his, his damage with his legs.
1: Yeah, actually, I totally agree with that. Um, and I, I, I'm hoping he does keep dropping. I think he averaged like 70-some yards per game rushing last year. As, as if I remember correctly, Boston, we talked about it. was like a pace of 1,271 rushing yards. And I've seen the projections for Jackson. And a lot of these guys have him at seven to 800 yards. And it's like, okay, he ran for about 700 yards last year in limited starts. How is he not going to run for 1,000? Like you said, 1,000 yards in his sleep, I think that is 100% sure. What do you think, Balke? He
0: started seven games last year for the Ravens, and he rushed for a total of 695 yards. Now, that's roughly – now, he didn't get all those yards, and in, in, he got – Some of that yardage came in games he did not start, but if you want to just, I mean, you know, uh, quick and dirty it here, it's like 100 yards rushing a game. So I'm listen. You're preaching to the converted here. I'm a big believer in Lamar Jackson, uh, regardless of how he performs uh, from an NFL standpoint. I think for fantasy, he makes a lot of sense. Um, Dave has actually introduced me to the world of Kyler Murray, which I am very thankful for, and I feel like. I will, be, I will be waiting on quarterbacks a lot in drafts this year. In FFPC drafts, for instance, here's the three guys Murray's that way. Here's here's the three guys that I think I'm gonna end up with a lot. Kyler Murray's currently going at the nine oh six, Lamar Jackson going at the ten oh five, and Josh Allen going at the ten oh nine. So I bet I end up with those two of those three guys on a lot of teams this year. Um, it, it seems shaky, but I think it's gonna work out. I mean I
2: mean, isn't that accurate, Dave? Don't you think? I think so. What do you think, Mr. Levin? Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost—it's been kind of funny. I've done three drafts so far. It's almost a gentleman's agreement where people—no one's taking quarterbacks. Uh, it's kind of funny, and then when the run hits, it hits. But yeah, waiting on quarterbacks makes a ton of sense unless some of the big, big names just keep falling, and then you kind of have no choice—you jump on it. Uh, maybe that changes as the as as the uh, season or off season progresses. But yes, I agree with those names as well. Josh Allen, to a lesser degree, bad weather in Buffalo. Yeah, he uses his legs. They do have some more weapons. I just can't get behind a low passer for whatever reason. Maybe it's just me. Um, And I want to see Kyle Murray. I don't, you know, I didn't follow him as much as I should have. So I'm excited to see him play. Uh, I do like Jared Goff, though, and he's, you know, not the runner. But I think they may have to rely a little bit less on the run game and just, you know, exploit defenses with those three big receivers. Um, And so he's a a nice one, too, in, in the later rounds.
0: Yeah, Goff, Goff going right around. He's going at the eight eleven, 11 so he's going ahead of all three of those guys, but still in that same neighborhood. And certainly if you're waiting on a quarterback until the eighth round and you take Jared Goff as your starter, you're doing just fine. We're speaking with Bob Levens, a six-time winner of the Football Guys Players Championship leagues, joining us here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight, talking about many of his football guys drafts this year. And I want to talk to you about a guy that you drafted in multiple leagues. I can't remember if it was two or, or, or three of them, but Deontay Foreman. Uh, you've selected him at least twice. Are you of the belief that this is the year that the Texans end up either making him the featured back over Lamar Miller, or he takes over that role at some point this season?
2: Uh, you know, it's, it's more of a a disbelief in Lamar Miller. Uh, ever since he got that job in Miami, I jumped on him then and got burned. He's a good straight line runner. I just think he's had so many chances to get the full complement of, of carries, and he just hasn't done a lot with it, even in a tremendous offense like the Texans. Foreman, uh, in his rookie year, was starting to push Lamar, and then, of course, he tore his Achilles, missed Lowell last year. I don't know. It, it, it's an upside play with Alfred Blue gone and Lamar Miller in a walk year. You figure Texans are going to be pushing for it. They may run Lamar Miller into the ground, and, and maybe it's a bad pick, but in, in my opinion, I think Foreman, at the reports I'm reading, he shed weight he's 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 reporting he's healthy I think he'll I think he'll push Miller and I do think that he's going to get uh some snaps uh some healthy snaps and I think he'll be worth his ADP right now
0: yeah I mean he was a young guy coming into the league obviously the Achilles thing is really bad but you'd like to think that you know on, on a younger player it, it doesn't have the devastating effect as it would if he was suffering this a decade later I think the outside um sort of uh signs uh are good for Foreman they didn't draft the running back uh, they, they have, you know, Lamar Miller, who is, you know, never been a spectacular guy, more workmanlike than anything else at this point of his career. And they let Alfred Blue go, too. So I, I think that the, all the outside signs point to a good year from Deontay Foreman. And, and you don't have to really pay through the nose uh, to get him right now. In, in FFPC best ball draft, he's actually going at the end of the 11th round. Um, behind guys like Edo Smith, Ronald Jones, and Jalen Samuels, right ahead of guys like Naheem Hines, Peyton Barber, and Deion Lewis. So that seems about right for him there uh, for What's sure. I, I know you're not a Deontay Foreman fan, Dave, but uh, but the, the price for me is right right there at the end of the 11th. Where,
1: where's Lamar Miller going, just curiously?
0: I can tell you, uh, even though curiosity did in fact kill the cat, Dave, <laughs> uh, I will tell you that Lamar Miller is going at the 702 in drafts. Right 702.
1: You know, I just looked up Lamar Miller last year on a points per game basis. He was RB 24, which is funny because yeah. everyone always says he's like a low end RB two. Well, holy shit, he is a low end RB two. Let me ask you this: is he is he
0: the young man's Frank Gore, where he's, he's more <laughs> of like an accumulator now at this point? I guess he doesn't he doesn't really get um, he gets hurt more than Gore does. But I, maybe this is this is this is what we're looking at with Lamar Lamar Miller, the unsexy guy that you can just plug in there and. He'll get you maybe 10 points a week. Well,
1: you know, exactly. And you're, he averaged 0. 0.3 points more than, uh, you know, it, he's kind of known and respected, Nick Chubb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, outscored Chubb. You know, granted, Chubb had some really weak right. or you know, yeah. whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, first of all, I don't like Lamar Miller that much. But, I mean, the whole Achilles thing, it's just so tough for me to get behind it because no one ever comes back from it. So, if Foreman is the first, to do it at running back, I'll, I guess I'll
0: catch the next one. You, the next yeah, one. yeah. So you're you're, you're fine. There's, there's no there's no FOMO with Dave here. The <laughs> yeah. fear of missing out, does not exist that's for right. yeah, That's fine, but I mean, you know, the it's,
2: it's, it's logic makes sense.
0: Yeah, go ahead,
2: go ahead. Bob. I respect I respect that. I respect that. It's not like you're you know. I, I think the key is he's going where he's going. But y- your points are, are very valid, and he's not like he's not going to be the guy I, I go crazy with. But I think right now, I think he can he can steal you know a one B carries which obviously, is worth it at that point.
1: I mean, if he's healthy, I mean, I, I feel like he's a more talented back. I mean, like, as we were all saying, Lamar Miller is just a guy, even though, he, you, know, he, he does have, you know, he's not terrible, otherwise he wouldn't hold the job for this long. So, anyway, moving on from the, the boring Lamar Miller discussion, we'll talk about a very interesting Chris Godwin. He took him at the 504. Bruce Arians says he's a 100-catch player. Do you think he gets all the way up there with Mike Evans playing the other side? And, you know, O.J. Howard's hyped up all the time, but apparently Arians, and we don't know if he's going to throw to Howard. And uh, who else we got faulty there? Who's playing the slot? Do we know yet? Justin Watson? Is he going to be on
0: the outside? Uh, let me take a look at the depth chart here. Adam Humphreys is in Tennessee. So,
2: so that's what's interesting. They're saying Godwin may play some slot as well. No, um, so Godwin, yeah, should play the slot. Go ahead. I'll let you
1: actually talk, about it, Bob.
2: Well, well, I mean, look, Godwin—he's like we—we we have a friend that we grew up in high school. His name's uh, last name is Weinstein. So, like picks like this, we call a Weinstein pick. It's like, and he's just, a, you know, <laughs> your your, your friend—he's like your friend's fantasy football league. Like where, like everyone kind of knows a little bit, but not a lot. And Chris Godwin's a Weinstein pick. He—he's the obvious pick. He's the one that everybody thinks should blow up. I mean, I'm not any savant for picking Chris Godwin. It's one of those picks that might just make too much sense with Bruce Arians there and Winston throwing it up. Um, He's big. I don't know about 100 catches. I really don't. But I do think 10-plus touchdowns is is really, like, I think it's pretty much going to happen uh, in that offense. So he's a big body. I think he scored seven or eight last year, not getting a full roll. His upside is just tremendous. And uh, his downside is limited because he could score, you know, every other week or more.
0: Uh, Dave, you were right with uh, Justin Watson probably going to be playing the slot. We really buried the lead on the big free agent acquisition the Buccaneers had this offseason. That wide receiver, former first round pick Rashad Perriman is now a Buccaneer. So he's running uh, running routes down there. He was balling when he came into the league.
1: I think he was thirty when he entered the league. That's Plus entirely
0: possible. Yeah, he uh, maybe that's the reason why he sucked is he's actually fifty years old. Yeah, you know? exactly. Just for you know, sure the negative eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, this, this father time's undefeated, my friend. And uh, when when you uh, are as old as brashad uh, perriman looks certainly that is bad news it's been good news tonight uh, because we have bob levins on the show on the HSF or with eric balkman and dave gerzek bob's a six-time winner of the football guys players championship league joined three of them so far this year and i think at two of them i don't think i'm misspeaking here i think at two of them you drafted antonio brown you
2: drafted Let's- three leagues already that's awesome i drafted i drafted three leagues already i have ab in all three leagues <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, this is great. This is great. Go ahead, Valkyrie. Starting around.
2: Yeah, Antonio Brown
0: is now in Oakland. He he hasn't been drafted this low in quite a while. In fact, his ADP is, well, I wouldn't say it's plummeted because he's still a high pick, but in uh, best balls right now, he's going at the 210. We haven't seen him go that late before. So can you talk a little bit about whether he's a good investment at the end of the second round for fantasy owners? I think I know how you're going to answer this, given that you've taken him in all three leagues. But tell us why
2: you are on board with Antonio Brown, the Raider. Look, football isn't always about skill. It's about opportunity. And obviously, A.B. has the skill. And who doesn't, maybe Carr, right? But A.B. is going to get 150 targets in his sleep. Um, which is what the tier one receivers get. It's the guys that are going first round. That's what they get. The guys that are going behind him, I don't believe will get that. So I think he's the last wide receiver one. And to get a wide receiver one in quotes that late in the second round for me based on targets is, uh, is intriguing. Uh, You know, the question is, can Carr produce? And I don't know. I think AB some short routes, if the line holds up, like it did a few years ago, I mean, he could absolutely destroy his ADP. And, um, when you're, if you're, you know, when you're pairing him with another receiver or with a top tier back, you feel good about it. So for the time being, the issue with him that I have is his personality. If things go bad, he's going to quit and you got yourself a, a big, a big issue. So I think that's my concern in Oakland is Gruden's might blow that whole thing up, but if things start off pretty good and he's reporting to camp, I think sky's the limit.
1: Look, if there's anything you can count on it's Gruden to be a great coach and the Raiders to be a quality organization, Right.
2: Yeah, that's those are the
0: constants. <laughs> um, have Have they announced the um, the Hard Knocks team yet? No, but I think the Raiders are one of like five or six that are if, eligible. If it's down, I know the San Francisco was one of them, and they did not want to do it. And I know the NFL said that they would not choose the Niners, but. Man, it would be so great if it was the Raiders this year with Gruden. I would be awesome. Yeah, um,
1: it would be so much more fun with the Raiders. The year they were going to Vegas would be more fun, but nevertheless. Well, I mean, true.
0: you get Mayock would probably be on a few episodes. Yeah, Mayock would be good. Antonio Brown. Right. I mean, oh man. The more so, tools, the better, right? The I mean, have a lot of tools the, on the team. The only <laughs> thing better would be if,
1: if Marshawn
0: Lynch was oh, were yeah. to come back yeah. again. Oh, can you imagine Marshawn Lynch and Antonio Brown on the same field, Dave? Know, yeah. It'd yeah. be fantastic. So, Bob, let me ask you a
1: question. I mean, this is. And actually, I'm trying to really pick your brain here. I'm not trying to nitpick Antonio Brown. So Derek Carr, you know, Amari Cooper just was not productive with Derek Carr. He left, and then he went to Dallas. And he had some, he had some really good games. It's some of the more fluky games where he catches the 80-yard touchdown off of, you know, whatever weird throw. But nevertheless, he was productive there. So then now Antonio Brown comes to town. I mean, did, do you have any idea, and I don't really know the answer to this, as to why Cooper just wasn't effective and then subsequently, you know, subsequently became effective again?
2: That's a great question. I was talking about, about that with my buddy. Um, you know, I think I think it's about fit, right? I think Cooper probably fit that regime a little bit better off the play action with the run. He's a great route runner. I, I don't look at Cooper as being tr- tremendously athletic, which is funny for me to say as a, a manager for medical devices. So uh, clearly, these guys are all freak. <laughs> these guys are all freak athletes, but in, in the realm of, of superior athleticism, I don't think Cooper is, is really at the top of it. He's a great route runner. I think it works when you go and play action and you're just hitting people on a strike.
0: And some of those were, right. a rookie.
2: Look, Cooper's fine. I don't have a problem with Cooper. And if it was anybody else, Antonio Brown's just such a freak with route running speed. I mean, the dude just did things that were ridiculous. And um, I'm not a huge Carr fan, but we saw Carr at an MVP level before he fractured his back, was it two years sure. ago now? hitting, you know, I guess it was uh, Crabtree and um, I forget who else. But, you know, he, he's had effectiveness. It's not like we have uh, Matt Schaub throwing to, you know, Andre Johnson, which is actually what this reminds me of, to be honest. It's targets. It's a freak receiver with crazy targets, and that's what I'm banking on.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Crabtree was able to be productive, at least from a touchdown perspective, with Derek Carr throwing to so, him. You know, Cooper, for whatever reason, like you said, didn't fit. And Antonio Brown, you're right. I mean, he just gets open all the time. I mean, he just is almost uncoverable, even when he was double covered. And as long as he can, his car can control the 85% of what Roethlisberger is, I think he'll be excellent.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, and and the fact that this is a guy that was going in like the top half of FFPC drafts last year for him to plummet as far as he did, I think, uh, as as the kids say, the hate has gone too far, Dave. Um, one of the things that I think we should uh, talk about a, a little bit is everybody's fantasy, not fantasy, but NFL darling, uh, the Cleveland Browns. And they have made some great additions on both defense and offense, probably none bigger than Odell Beckham coming over to Cleveland from the Giants in that trade. I'm curious, uh, Bob, your thoughts on Beckham's impact on this offense as it relates to David and Joku, because a lot of people, especially in the tight end premium league in in some of the FFPC dynasty leagues certainly are expecting big things from David and Joku is it good that Beckham's there, that he's going to take pressure off from Joku and, and free him up down the seam with all the ten, attention that Beckham commands? Or is it bad, given that Beckham is going to get a ton of targets for Baker Mayfield? How do you read this situation for the Browns?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. This is a really tough one. I, I, I've taken the Joku once, and I took him because I thought it was value where I got him. Um, in, in full transparency, I'm not huge on the Joku based on exactly what you just said. Um, we can't forget that a guy by the name of Jarvis Landry, who was largely one of the most ineffective receivers maybe that I've ever seen last year. I think he caught like 60% or less of the passes thrown his way from the supposed accurate Baker Mayfield should raise some monster red flags. I think what it tells you is maybe, I don't know, maybe either Landry's not number one or in in my opinion, I like Landry when we talk about the Browns because I mean, Odell's Odell. And he's, he's probably worth where he's going at the end of the first uh, cause just again, his ability, he's essentially a younger version of, of Antonio Brown, but, uh, I think Jarvis Landry in the middle is gonna be really nice. I think Njoku will have some spotty big games because they can't cover everybody. Uh, I don't think consistency is going to be the, a word that goes along with Njoku.
0: Dave, take a guess at what number tight end David Joku is being drafted as. In, in other words, how many tight ends are FFPC players drafting in front of them right now? Yeah. Is, you didn't even
1: have to explain it to me. I, well, I just
0: wanted I, I to I, I I make sure. Initially. Uh, Dave, I wasn't saying it for you. I was saying it for the <laughs> listeners. Clearly, they're not on the same intellect level as right, you. Right, yeah,
1: yeah. I totally got it right
0: away. Ten. Nine, <laughs> nah, which seems, seems, close, a, so seems a little low right now. He is going at the um, 601. best ball drafts right now behind guys like jared cook eric ebron hunter henry evan engerman oj howard man oj howard's going high um so that's interesting and me and i think that that's the reaction from ffpc players has been like look there's landry there's beckham there's callaway got a lot of love uh, in the offseason he got talked up so there's a lot of different targets a lot of different options for baker Mayfield. And that's without talking about um, Duke Johnson and then Kareem Hunt when he comes back for the second half of the season as well. Nick Chubb doesn't really catch passes for whatever reason, but there's plenty of other guys in that offense uh, that can. Hopefully Baker Mayfield is just simply hitting the open guy. Bob Levins is our guest tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. He, a winner of six Football guys, players, championship league titles. Let's get to a couple of emails that came in for you, Bob. First one is from Craig in Boston. How likely is it that Evan Engram takes a big step forward this year now that Odell Beckham and all his targets are in Cleveland? Thanks, Bob. That's Craig in Boston. Thanks for the email, Craig. So good segue there, shifting from Beckham to Beckham. And let me tell you what, if that was ever a TV show, I'd be DVRing it every week. Um, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about uh, Evan Engram. Does he
2: make a big step forward this year? Uh, I don't know about that. I, I like his athleticism a lot. I like his upside. He draw. he's got hands, like feet. Um, he drops the ball with his athleticism. <laughs> he's got like, he's kind he's got, he's a, maybe a younger version of Jared cook. I don't think he's ever going to really meet his expectation, uh, until kind of the right situation. And maybe some can say this is the right situation. It's just, I don't know if I trust Eli. I, I could see, um, you know, if they didn't bring in a great, a nice slot receiver, like Tate, I would say yes, but Tate's going to steal those underneath. Ingram, I think I put Ingram up there with Njoku. I honestly think Ingram's going too early in my opinion. So uh, I think his athleticism is through the roof, but uh, he's, not, he's not really someone I'm targeting.
0: One of my fantasy teams this year will be named. He's got hands like feet, for sure. That, that, is, that is a great one-liner. Uh, Evan I don't Engram. like the
1: word feet in a team name. It's
0: just you don't same. like that? No, nah, it sounds comfortable to me. Okay, well, whatever. I don't like the word feet. Um, it can be one of my teams, then. Uh, Evan Engram going at the 406 in Balls, sandwiched right between O.J. Howard and Hunter Henry. Uh, let's get to one more email here for you tonight. Uh, Bob, it's Kevin in Philadelphia. I've been consistently getting Robbie Anderson in the seventh round of my FFPC best ball draft. Am I reaching on him with a young, talented quarterback throwing to him and Anderson being the number one target on his team? He screams as a value to me. What am I missing? That's Kevin in Philadelphia. Bob, is he missing anything with with Robbie Anderson? I can say that, uh, again, in best balls, his ADP is uh, 7'10". Uh, right now. So, I mean, he, I mean if you're taken him consistently in the seventh round, that makes sense. But do you think Anderson should actually be going a little bit higher than that? I
2: mean, you're, you're talking to a Jersey boy here, so a, a Jets fan. Um, uh, here's what I would say. You know, would, <laughs> how would you feel about T.Y. Hilton being on the Jets and, and Sam Donald throwing to him? I, I actually look at the two as being somewhat similar. Forgive me for those uh-huh. who, who, can't, who who get sick of that, that comment. But I think Rob like Anderson's statistics statistically will show up like ty um a little less catches a lot of deep plays chunk plays targets i mean Darnold stared him down uh probably to a fault last year it's interesting because he's on my sleeper list and um thank you kevin from philadelphia for blowing me up no i'm just kidding robbie Anderson, <laughs> <nice pick up. laughs> i think i think seventh round's a good place for him right now i think he'll move up a little bit to be truthful as the summer moves on I love
1: that. I, the reason here's why well, I'm I'm totally going to talk about my own stupid dynasty. Sure, we love to hear it. Because I'm sure no one likes to hear about it. I do. But uh, Roddy Anderson was a free agent of the big FN dynasty. league sure, yeah, With yep. uh, a bunch of high six players, and his ADP, he was drafted three times in in. Uh, an FFTC draft sure. that he was been dropping. Rookie drafts. Yeah, talking. rookie yeah. drafts for Dynasty, and he was, his He was a 203, and I got him at the 310. Wow, nice so, work. Yeah. So I'm very, very, very I'm very nice. There's no question or anything. Yeah. I'm just really happy that you like Robbie Anderson, because now I want him on this one team. Yeah, no, I, I get it, and congratulations
0: <laughs> to you. Um, uh, that's that's fantastic. I'm with you. This a great
1: radio, right? Just me talking about my team. Right? <laughs> hey, what do you think about that? Was that a great pick
0: there, yeah. uh, Bob, or what? Let's do the Dave Gerzak <laughs> Fantasy Football <laughs> Hour one of these times and, and right, we'll talk about your teams. Um, Robbie Anderson going behind Tyler Boyd, Alshon Jeffrey, and Corey Davis. He's going in front of Dante Pettis, Will Fuller, and Tyreek Hill still, so interesting stuff wow. there. Tyreek. Tyreek Hill averaged uh, ADP in, in May for FFPC Best Balls going up to 9-0-1. Um, okay, uh, uh, oh, That's pretty cheap. For 901, 901 for Tyreek Hill? Yeah, if you have an eight-game suspension, who cares
1: it's basketball?
0: Well, and this is why I encourage people to draft early, because of situations like this. And, you know, we, we, we haven't really – there's got to be a record for 2019, the deepest we've gone into the show without mentioning Todd Gurley's name. But what happens if he comes out and they're still giving him 20 touches a game and he's still crushing it at 85% of his 2018 level? Getting him at the end of the second round looks like a steal, and all of a sudden you're loaded for bear with that. So I sure. think that's the importance of drafting early, is, is to take advantage of, of situations like this. Dave, go ahead with our final question for Bob.
1: All right. This is very important because we take this information all to ourselves. Yeah. Well, we use it. <laughs> and we use it. Yeah. yeah. So do we need a player that you'll be staying away from, this is redraft, early in drafts this season, as well as a sweeper that you're looking to acquire in the middle to latter part of
2: the draft? Yeah, always. Uh, that's why we do this. Um, I think I would say, you know, my shy away, my busts, if you will, look, I always have a bunch and some of them come back to bite me, but I'd like to believe some of these end up contributing to the success, right? You got to stay away from some guys. Uh, I, I'm not a big, um, James Conner fan and I I know what he's done. And I'm going to go right after the first round there and just blow a guy up and say, and, and then actually an article came out today that just what I was trying to envision that I, I think they're going to split backs. I mean they're going to go two backs. I think um, what you saw out of Jalen Samuels was impressive as a receiver. And uh, Connor seems to be a little bit injury prone with some concussions and high ankle sprain. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stay away from, I don't like Connor's ADP. I think he's starting to slip a little bit, which makes more sense to me into the second round. Uh, that's someone that I understand what happens in Pittsburgh, whatever back is there is going to typically blows up. Uh, I'm just kind of in a, in a wait-and-see approach with Connor, So that's someone right now that I'm shying away from. Also, um, Eric Ebron. I just don't get excited about him. And I think I'm starting to see him slip as well, which is making sense. He obviously, he caught a truckload of touchdowns. I think it was 14 last year. And he wants to catch more. I mean, that's great if you want to catch more. I just don't think the opportunity is going to be there. Luck loves tight ends. But assuming uh, – uh, what's his name? Whoever uh, – Jack Doyle. The, thank you. Assuming Doyle's healthy – Bringing in a big guy like Funchess, they drafted this kid Paris Campbell. Obviously, there's Ty there, and he got two good backs. I just don't see Ebron. His values on touchdowns. I don't see him surpassing that. So I think Ebron's getting overdrafted as well. Um, Eric Ebron and then going
0: as the uh, the tight. Uh, real quick, Eric Ebron going at the tight end seven at 501 right now, and you also mentioned James Conner. Uh, he, he has uh, slipped a little bit in, in FFPC best balls. He is going at the 201 on average right now. But as far as sweepers go, go ahead, Bob.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, we talked about Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, I think there's a lot to like there. I think there's a safe floor. Uh, I think, you know, we talked about that, so there's no need to, to beat that drum anymore. But, you know, you, you know, as you look around, you start to think about, usually it's late receivers, right? That That'll strike gold for you. And I, I, for the life of me, just can't understand why a guy like um, Marquise Lee on Jacksonville is almost going undrafted. Um, He's essentially going to, in my opinion, going to be the number one receiver with an upgrade at quarterback. And um, assuming, you know, he got injured last August before the season even started, it might've been a worse injury than, than people realize, but I mean, you have people drafting Emmanuel Sanders for goodness sakes and Will Fuller, who both had devastating injuries in the middle of the season, late season for Sanders, and they're getting drafted rounds, I think, between 8 and 11. Granted, a little bit different of a caliber player, but Marquise Lee is a top talent. I think he was a first-round pick. Really flashed two years ago. I, I liked him last year, got burned by his injury, and I have no reason to believe that he's not going to be the number one on Jacksonville, and he's getting drafted around 18, uh, maybe in some leagues undrafted. So uh, that's a guy that, I'll, that I'm happy to bring up. I just think he deserves some draft. Uh, status here <laughs> that he's not getting, and uh, that's that's a sleeper that that I look at a little bit at wide receiver. The
0: 2106 and FFPC best ball is from Marquise Lee right now. And remember, it's not Blake Bortles throwing to him; it's Nick Foles, magical Nick Foles. They built the statue of him in Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen. He's throwing balls to Marquise Lee now. So certainly, they the Rocky one. No, no, I don't think they replaced it. I think they just added another oh, okay. one. Yeah, um, same same building. I, I don't know where it is. I think, it, I think it's right outside the vet or whatever the 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 eagle. What 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 are they? What's the eagle stadium, Bob? Do you know? He's from Jersey. Where the hell is he? He might, he might know. He's closer to it. You're in the east coast. Isn't, you know isn't, it the is. link? Yeah. isn't it
2: the link? Isn't it the link? Oh, the link. link yes, the link. That's
0: what it. Is. Century Link Stadium. Thank you did know. Yes. No. People on the east coast know everything about the east coast. <laughs> um, Bob,
1: I know I said that was the last question. <laughs> I lied. That's a geography question about the Mid- the Midwest.
0: He probably won't. Yeah, I'm not. Hey, that. what state is south Minnesota,
2: I I won't know. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so that state? Oh, that's uh, Arkansas. Dave, I can. No, that's Iowa, Bob.
1: It's not, not. Arkansas. Arkansas. That is news
0: for me. I didn't have no idea Iowa was south of Minnesota. Um, I know I said that was the last question. I do want to ask one more. It actually is coming from the chat room right now. Uh, Wasp guy wants to know Sterling Shepherd or Golden Tate for the Giants this year. And I I looked up their ADPs. They are shockingly close together. I did not realize this. Sterling Shepherd is actually being drafted first in uh, in best ball drafts right now he with an ADP of 10.03 golden Tate right behind him at 10.05 so if you're drafting one of those guys I mean maybe the correct answer is stay away but what do you what are your feelings there in the 10th round are you taking Tate or are you taking Shepard Bob uh
2: I, look I, I would go Tate over Shepard I think Shepard's the better receiver at this stage in his career but I think Tate better fits what what Eli needs which is a short route guy um who can, you know, break some tackles and stuff like that. So I don't really love either, but I think I think on on, on different teams with a better quarterback, Shepard's a better play. But for this team and roster, I think I think Tate's going to be the better option.
1: You know, it, you know, for basketball, I know Eli, everyone hates on Eli, but he's still throwing for, you know, almost 4,000. He's still throwing for 30-some hundred yards a year.
0: Well, as yeah. long as he keeps the starting job all year. Yeah, well, I mean, why
1: not take Shepard and Tate at the 9, 12 10 one? I mean, those are the, that's the top two receivers on that
0: team. That's fine. I mean, Corey Coleman, not, not, not a bad is a third receiver. That's, that's the, Corey Coleman. Yes, I know. That's fine. But understand that there is a non-zero chance that Daniel Jones starts more than half the games this season for the Giants. Oh
1: really? I would bet you uh, five dollars that he starts less than half. The I game.
0: said non-zero, so it could be one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. I say he starts. We like to make these bets. So six games. What do you want? To, you want to bet on or not?
0: Mm, yeah, what the hell? Five? Six? Yeah, will do six.
1: <laughs> All right. I'll say uh, Eli starts <laughs> ten or more games.
0: And I say Eli starts nine or fewer games. <laughs> I got five on it. got five on it, I got five on it. I got five on it. <laughs>
1: See, we have radio drop.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably just blew you out. Okay, Bob, listen, that was awesome uh, stuff from you tonight. I certainly appreciate your time and coming on the show and, and sharing your expertise and talking a little bit about what you've been seeing in these football guys drafts uh, so far this year. Uh, Congratulations on uh, the success you've already had in the contest. Good luck as you chase that $250,000 grand prize this year. And best of luck to you in in all your drafts, Uh, man. Enjoy the summer. It's going to be a a great drafting summer. And I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend as well, man.
2: Well, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Eric. Uh, You guys have have me back on anytime. Uh, Call one of my buddies. I'm going to text you his name. I'm telling you, these guys are upset. They want on. So, uh, well, we'd love to I'll have him on. We'd love to have him on. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. So now you said it. I'm going to let him know. Uh, yeah, no, I'll you guys. Uh, I do appreciate <laughs> the time. Thank you.
0: Bob Levins, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much, Bob, and uh, good stuff from him. Football Guys Players Championship, six-time league winner. He's got six of those medals at home, Dave. And uh, I don't know how many of his buddies have, but maybe we'll have his buddies on the show. We'll, we'll see what happens uh coming up um over the summer the, you know the summer for for booking guests is always um i don't want to say it's a challenge but it's it's the toughest time of the year i think because like the first part of the year i love having the dynasty champs come on and talk about how they did it sure what the deals they made that's fine and of course they love to talk about themselves so oh yeah follow. and we i love hearing uh from themselves <laughs> During the NFL season, it's pretty easy. You get you get players that are in contention for a six-figure grand prize. They're usually happy to hop on, and, and they're plus, excited about it. And, 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 and we
1: want to know how they built their teams, you know. Plus, you can threaten to not pay them if they don't come on.
0: Well, I've never done that. But,
1: well, hey, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not going to do that.
1: Hey, you're the first. If you don't come on, you're not going to
0: anymore. I, I would never – ladies and gentlemen, the views and, and <laughs> uh, opinions expressed by Dave Gerzak do not don't, necessarily don't represent the views and expi- opinions of the high-stakes fantasy football hour and it's a uh, producer and host um but this time of year is tough because like everybody wants to draft so it's like you know we're, we're taking away drafting time for these guys to, to hop on or
1: they're actually like living their lives and going on vacation hey, listen, with family
0: and you can go on vacation live your life and draft i mean that's that's what it's all about <laughs> maybe
1: it's sunny until mine and they don't want to you know hang out with us
0: uh, and, uh so on yeah maybe Tupac are actually uh, chiming in in the chat, uh, bragging up his non-sheeple rankings, which were just posted. Um, and Meyer, if two-packer, you – Tupac can get that uh, that link in the chat. Uh, actually, I've, I don't think it allows you to post the link in the chat, which is really frustrating. But if you can let us know where we can find those rankings, I will gladly they're on uh, Twitter. Tw- oh, they're on Twitter? You just posted them on Twitter? Yeah. yeah okay. Well, so, check,
1: the top 20, so
0: check out at Tupac on Twitter. Okay, if he's only got the – top 20 on there. The, uh, we're re- revealing news. He posted in the chat tonight Odell Beckham is his 22nd ranked player oh, okay. on the non-sheeple rankings. And I believe mm-hmm. number 23 is James Conner. Mm-hmm. Two players we've already talked about ad nauseum tonight.
1: By the way, uh, he has Christian McCaffrey, number one. And I think it was Jake Rickrow he was talking about ADP. Is across, ad clutch fantasy. Yes. ADP is across multiple different platforms. And he said that uh, FFTC players have uh, McCaffrey ranked higher he just drafted number one more often than anywhere else by a lot. Really? He's actually like, like McCaffrey goes in the top, goes number one like in the 30 something percent times uh, Barkley goes fiftieth. ish but the, otherwise McCaffrey is, is after Elliott for most other platforms but he is definitely way up there, way higher than any, anyone else on um, uh, FFTC Loves McCaffrey. No, oh,
0: interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. They must be listening to our show. The Fantasy Football Players Championship, you're home for Christian McCaffrey. Alright, so that is going to be our, uh, our our sponsored segment tonight. This uh, segment brought to you by run <laughs> underscore underscore CMC. You want the latest in what's <laughs> the best in running backs and fantasy football? Check out at run underscore underscore CMC on Twitter. Good stuff from him, as yeah, always. Biden's here? Yes. Um, so let's uh, thank football guys, Red Overworld and Rob for tonight's rundown. Cortland Sutton is going to lead things off for us tonight. He's actually been working on his route running this off with former Florida state star Anquan Bolden, according to a report in the athletic uh, Sutton actually returned to Florida to train with Tony Villani or Viani, excuse me, who uh, actually worked with uh, Cortland Sutton before the draft last year. Uh, Sutton's That's trying more- to, trying to re- uh, improve his speed and his technique using both uh, Vianney and Bolden as sounding boards in their coaching. He says he wants to be a bigger factor in the red zone. And Anquan Bolden, if you remember, is actually quite familiar with Cortland Sutton's new quarterback in Denver as Bolden was catching passes from Joe Flacco in Baltimore. We've uh, talked about Noah Fant quite a bit on this show. I mean, given the, the, the you know the dynasty talk we've had over the last couple of months. But as far as the pass catchers go in Denver, Dave, and, and I know they want to run, obviously, with, you know, Vic there, their uh, old-school guy, wants to run. Cortland Sutton, his ADP right now is the 904 in best ball drafts. Is that something you want to get on board with there?
1: I'm just looking up a few things. Okay,
0: you can look up a few things. Cortland Sutton, the second-year wide receiver coming out of SMU, uh, which actually, now that I think about it, where did Emmanuel Sanders go to school? Didn't he go to SMU, too? I uh, can't. No, okay, I don't. Uh, I, don't I, I could be wrong on that. Maybe he did. not uh, I'm going to look that up. Right. They obviously were not college teammates there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Emmanuel Sanders, actually, yeah, he went to SMU as well. So the starting receivers for Desmond this year, both Southern Methodist guys. Interesting stuff. So, I mean, you
1: know, so last year he had 84 targets, uh, started nine games, 42 catches for 704 yards, good yards for, you know, 16.20 yards for the reception, four touchdowns. Those aren't, those aren't bad numbers, actually. I'm really I'm actually pretty impressed with these – you know, you hear these news stories, and granted, they're a little bit of a fluff piece. But it's, they it's, all are this time of year. You know, it's better than, uh, you know, Josh Doxson who's just kind of hanging out and chilling or doing whatever he does. Mm-hmm. So I, And there's who else is there? Sanders, is he even going to be back? I don't even know if he is. And then Deshaun Hamilton, and then Noah Fant, Josh Huberman. I mean, they have to throw to somebody. Yeah. I mean, you really – Almost by default, something that almost has to get a thousand yards, right? I mean, is going to throw for 3,500 yards at no, no, I minimum. Mean, he's not that bad of a quarterback.
0: You can run all you want. You can be the run-heaviest team in the NFL. You still got to throw the ball probably more than half the time. And and those passes are going to go to somebody. And, and like, I'm with you on Sanders. I just dumped him in a dynasty league. I don't have good faith that he is going to come back. And I mean, he's probably going to be a shell of the former player, That, that uh, a shell of his former self, I, I think is what, what sure. the phrase is. Um 30 years old, 31 years old, whatever it is, I, I have no faith in him. I won't be drafting him in any leagues this year. Cortland Sutton's an interesting guy to pay attention to in Denver for sure, especially at that price tag right now. Yeah,
1: There's have, have 12 wide receivers on that team right now. My goodness. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, second – I like Fred Brown or maybe Shea Fields.
0: <laughs> Shea Fields, that's a real person.
1: Yeah. Oh. He's the 10th and 11th wide receiver. Jimmy Williams is the
0: 9th. I thought that was the name of the character Jesse Smollett played on Empire, <laughs> Shea Field. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a hip-hop name, doesn't it? <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> He's opening up for Jay-Z. Shea Field. Check him out.
1: Hey, you don't hear, you know, you, you, I'm just looking at the depth charts. You don't hear much about Jake Butt anymore, do you? No, you don't. All those Jake Butt heads, Those people are all like, oh, but, yeah, I love Jake Butt. Love Jake Butt. Yeah. He sucked. Right. He always sucked. He was always going to suck. He never said have Jake in a few looked let Right. But anyway. Uh, moving, um,
0: on. moving on. Yeah. Jake Butt. No good. James Washington, a second-year receiver for Pittsburgh, says he's dropped 15 pounds, and he's down to 210 pounds this year, Dave, uh, according to, again, a report from The Athletic. At the Combine last year, James Washington was 5'11", 213. He said he got all the way up to 225 as a rookie and said he burned out quickly once the season came along. Mm, Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) He uh, crushed the preseason last year, seven catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, caught just over 41% of his targets in the regular season. Dante Moncrief was added by the Steelers this year. Of course, Deontay Johnson was their third round pick out of Toledo. I want to say, so you know, he's going to be competing for snaps and, and targets. Um, no Antonio Brown. So this is good news. Big opportunity for all these guys. And James Washington should have a better 2019 than 2018. Uh, apparently he worked on the family farm and ran sprints in order to lose weight and get faster. That's always interesting. Um, but James Washington, Dave, I'll tell you right now In best balls uh, He is going at the 11-10 uh, Behind Larry Fitzgerald and D.D. Westbrook Right ahead of Nicole Hardman and Curtis Samuel Would you be, want to be in business With James Washington in the late 11th?
1: Well, on the players you mentioned I would absolutely love to have Fitz ahead of him And I would I prefer Curtis Samuel as well myself But I, the other two players I would rather have Washington
0: Who do you think wins that job? Is it Washington over Johnson and Moncrief?
1: Yeah, Moncrief sucks as we know. And Deontay Johnson, he's, you know, he's still a rookie. I know they like him a lot They draft him in the third round, but I I think Washington does win that job. Okay,
0: fair enough. So in the 11th round, you're on board. I
1: am, actually. I am on board with him. Got it. I I, I like the news. It's it's good. It's good news. He's getting in better shape. That's great.
0: All right, so let's talk about something that neither one of us really wanted to talk about, and that's Lamar Jackson saying he's still having issues with throwing the football consistently. (laughs) Jamison Hensley, who is the ESPN Ravens reporter, said that several of Jackson's passes wobbled through the air at the first week of OTAs and Jackson uh, agreed that he, it's not right from uh, an accuracy standpoint quote it's been crazy it's been everywhere I feel like my hand is a little too high on the football and that makes the ball go out of whack a lot well that seems like an easy fix just lower your hand on the football uh, the Ravens have changed up their offense which you said uh, earlier in the show under their new offensive coordinator Greg Roman and Jackson trying to fix his mechanics, that's probably not the time to be doing it right now. He should have been doing that earlier in the offseason. Are you, I mean, I guess it's frustrating because we want him to be a better passer, especially with the new weapons that that he has there in Boykin and Brown and and Hill. But at the same time, Dave, I I think the reason that you and I are excited about Lamar Jackson is what he does when he's running the football. So this is not what you want to hear, but ultimately it doesn't affect, me wanting to draft him in the in the ninth round in a lot of spots this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, we we hyped on him a lot. You know, when been, look at the good news, they're tailoring the offense around his skill set. That's great. They have all these speedy guys. They have Mark Ingram, which is a really nice add. Justice Hill's a good pass-catching back. I think there's a lot of things going right for him. <clears throat> I think the bad news, the bad news that we're hearing now, you know, the slow news cycle. And I think that's actually not bad in, in general because they will probably able to drop him down a little bit.
0: Did, speaking of, um,
1: yeah, and there's plenty of time to fix, you know, mechanics issues. I don't think he's ever going
0: to be a 70% passer, of course. Right. Well, if he's bombing it all the time, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, we should mention this. Did you hear about this 40 yards of gold thing that's going to be going on at the end of June?
1: Yeah, it's, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I tweeted about it. Why didn't Why didn't they invite Isabella, by the way? But. Um, why would these players risk? I mean, after that Edwards guy got hurt in the play. Robert football, Edwards, yeah. yeah Patriots so running. Ruined out. his career. Ended his career. Why are you going to run a 40 yard sprint for any reason whatsoever that you don't have to do? I mean, I know the odds of getting hurt are minuscule. These tear a hamstring. Boom. There you go.
0: And I know they're not running in sand as Robert Edwards is playing <laughs> volleyball in. Yeah. Did you see some of the players that are involved in that? Yeah, Ingram. I mean, that you know, was the one I wanted yeah, to talk come on. about. Uh, we were talking about it actually on the show uh, today with Leo and Balky, which you can hear at 2 to 3 in the afternoons, uh, Monday through Friday on the Score. Download the Score app uh, on your uh, iPhone or Android device or listen to it 95.3 FM AM 1570 um, when you're North Northeast Wisconsin. Mark Ingram was the one that stuck out to me. I, I, this is, I mean, he's clearly not going to beat anybody, right? It's not even like oh, he was God. fast when he was young, and now he's approaching 30. I, mean, I don't, I don't understand how this happens, but yeah, some of the other players uh, participating: Alvin Kamara, Ted Ginn, Tariq Cohen, Ted Ginn
1: getting up
0: Robbie Anderson, uh, Ted Ginn said he'd race anybody, anytime. He, he's been saying that for years. Uh, Jacoby Ford, Corey Coleman, Trey Waynes, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie, Buda Baker, Kevin Byard, who is uh safety for the Titans, I it guess. Can, it kind of sucks Two mystery players, by the way, too, that oh, really? they haven't announced yet, yeah.
1: I, I wish they would run a sixty or a hundred. I mean a
0: forty is a little
1: bit not that far, you know. Yeah. Or for
0: like a race. But I think forty is sort of like that that's, you know. In the same way we, we say the world's fastest man is whoever can run 100 meters the fastest, you know, I think that's what we – that's just the standard, you know.
1: Right. That's, you're making my point. I agree.
0: What was your point then?
1: That if you want to see who's fastest, you can run
0: 100. No, no, no. I'm saying for Olympic, that's like the bar, right. you know, but, but, um, but not for NFL. Like they they Could they measure everything by 40 yards there?
1: For
0: in people People in Kenya, you know what they use there? 26.2 miles to determine who's the fastest. Yeah, for a yeah, they're running a marathon. Right.
1: But this is a race to isn't this a race to see who's the to the fastest 40-yard player? I guess it is. Yes, it is. It's exactly what it is. But it's, it's not really. But so then we can argue that we can at least admit that it's not a race that determines who actually is the fastest guy.
0: I think these guys would say that they have all been running 40s since they've been in high school, and they would say that this is the true measure because everybody's used to running it. They've been doing it for years.
1: If it was the true measure of the fastest guy,
0: they would do it in the Olympics. Well, I mean, listen, I don't think that they're putting on themselves on the same level as Olympians, but they are putting themselves on, on the level of who's the fastest well, guy we're, in the NFL. Who's
1: the fastest NFL guy over a shortened distance? That's so not as important as. Because we don't want to go as far. I
0: don't understand how it would, like, I don't think it would play well for, like, people, like, watching this. i like, all, okay, all of a sudden, he's like, why are they running 100 meters instead of 40 yards? I'm used to watching these guys run 40 yards all the time.
1: It's exactly because of my, what I just said. Because the arbitrary measurement for the fastest pl- fastest person on the planet is 100 meter dash.
0: For some, for some sex. And then there's other. Uh, no, there's, for the world. No, well, no, yeah, but not these guys. These guys are part of the world, and they would not say that. <laughs> You know, it, it, it is arbitrary. I'm totally agreeing with you on that. I'm just saying for viewership and for people who don't pay attention to the Olympics, which quite frankly is a lot, um, and it would just make more sense to to have this uh, as a 40-yard dash measurement rather than the, uh, 100 meters. Speaking of which, did you also see the announcement that the combine is going to be in prime time next year? <laughs> wow.
1: Are they ever going to show – here's a question for the combine. People who watch the combine will yeah. agree with me. Other people will be like, whatever. Will they ever show the 3 phone drill? That is frustrating. Will they ever show the 20-yard shuttle? Or do you just get to sit there for $6 until some dick releases it on Twitter? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, here's all the stuff I got, man. Yeah. And now,
0: by the way, 80% of the running backs didn't even do it. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think that's really frustrating, too. I mean, we live in – it's the information superhighway, and it slows down to, like, you know, some sort of, like – uh, what what's the crooked street in San Francisco that's always you, you can't go fast on well, it? Well,
1: Holland Drive. Whatever it is, it I don't know. Right way. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so how hard does it to show the 20-yard shuttle or the you know the three cone? People want to know the three cone. It is for running back and receivers. It's effectively just as it's as important as the 40.
0: Wasp guy says they're replacing the cones with landmines. <laughs> that would be. Like, look, we're moving to prime time. We need to spice things up a little <laughs> bit. Let's put some landmines out there instead of the cones. At
1: least it, they could be, like, the things that Spencer gets or shoots out the snakes or something. Oh, yeah, that'd like, be that'd cool, too, kind of yeah. That,
0: and no one would die. That's, that's what they should put in the pylons to find out if the ball crosses the plane. Like, <laughs> have those snakes shoot out of the pylon. Or so the running know.
1: back through things. Yeah. yeah
0: I, it's, I, I, Turn
1: it into a combination of, like, what's that what's the game show, the ultimate
0: whatever, where your mm-hmm. most extreme elimination challenge or what is I the, I Oh, mean, American
1: Ninja Warrior? Yeah, yeah. Making yeah. a combination of American Ninja a
0: comic. that'd be yeah. so much more fun. Uh, probably true. Was guy also wants to know, uh, in, in the chat, uh, top three rookies in FFPC redraft in 2019. Redraft, redraft. redraft. Oh, god, I, I mean, Josh that. Jacobs to me has got to be up there. Yeah, Jacobs probably
1: number one. Right.
0: I'm gonna ignore the tight ends. Yeah, I'm not good. sure about Nikhil Harry, David Montgomery,
1: yeah, Montgomery, probably.
0: Um, Henderson has... To yeah, two back two supposed talking Henderson.
1: Henderson. They're talking about Henderson playing the Camaro role. So, I mean, that's something. Yeah, thing. that's big. So, I mean, I'd say... I'd say Probably uh, those three, right? Henderson or Harry as the, the third one. So I can, um, or actually, you know what? I'm, I'm throwing Kyler Murray out there. What about Andy I Isabella?
0: What about Andy Isabella? He's
1: going to be great, but it'll be partially because of Murray.
0: Okay, that's fine, but for... I think,
1: I think, I think Isabella is going to be a nice value pick.
0: Yeah. He's so a, I, do.
1: I think he's going to play in the slot he's going to get a bunch of targets.
0: He is actually going... Uh, Later than you'd think. I mean, this is so best 13th, 13th? ball. best ball, eighteenth round. 18th. the wow, end of the eighteenth. Yeah. He has gone as high as uh, the eleven oh three. Where does Kirk go? That's a good question right. as well. I will look that yeah, up right now. Kirk, uh, I can't imagine he's going that high. Oh no, yes, nine oh eight is where he's going. Right behind Marvin Jones. Um, well, what talk about those Cardinals receivers?
1: See, so have Kirk goes the nine oh eight, Fitz goes at the eleven.
0: Yeah. Hakeem Butler, let's say he's going in the 17th or 16th. Practice. Well, we don't have to say that. I can just tell you he's going in the 21st. 21st. Okay, so Ezebel is going ahead of him, actually. Take that to uh, some people. Well, do. I mean, he was drafted ahead of him. Wouldn't you think he should be going ahead of him?
1: I would think so, although some people seem to rank
0: them up. Yeah. All right, let's move on
1: from So, that. so, <laughs> uh, so I mean, you have to yeah, – is going to start for sure, but fifth plays in the spot sometimes too. It's, I, don't know, true. I don't know what they're going to do exactly. So Kirk's going to play outside, is that right? He's short. So yep, he's, Yeah, he's not a big guy. Effectively, Hakeem Butler is the only guy who can play outside. Everyone else is—they're going to have three slot guys.
0: Rank (laughs) the top four receivers for Arizona this year in terms of fantasy points at the end of the season. And I'll make this easy for you. It's going to be Fitz, uh, Isabella, Butler, and Kirk. Those are your four. Rank them.
1: Um, Fitz for sure first. Agreed. And you know what? As much as I like Isabella, I got to Kirk the nod because he was a second year player. So I would take Kirk, then Isabella, then Butler.
0: I think that's how I do it, but I actually might put Isabella ahead of Kirk.
1: Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. But I mean, the fact that we're even discussing it, given the rounds
0: disparity right. by ADP, it means yeah. you should be taking and be getting and, Isabella and passing absolutely. on Kirk. All right, speaking of, uh, of fun, dysfunctional stuff, let's talk about the Jets, days. Adam GaSe says chat room all Kirk by the way. Oh, they like They're Kirk. A loony. Okay, they think we're Well, they didn't say that, but okay. I'm, I'm inferring. It. All right. Uh, okay, so Adam GaSe says he's excited. Le'Veon Bell is on the team, according to Ralph Bacchiano on Twitter. GaSe was reportedly not on board with uh, the contracts that both Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley signed under Mike McCagnon, who, again, we don't know if GaSe got him fired, but GaSe is the uh, interim general manager, and I read that Peyton Manning is a guy that they wanted to the interview for the general manager job in New York, which is uh, interesting. If I was Peyton Manning, I would I would change my number.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would I would not accept a call from the, if I saw like a New York, New, New Jersey area code, not picking up. All right, so in Gaze that, is the worst. You know, we make fun of uh, make fun of the Raiders. Gaze is the worst.
0: Okay, this is interesting now, Dave. Because he's the head coach of this team. He's the GM of this team. Le'Veon Bell's going in the, at the 10th overall pick in the first round. Do you even want to mess around with any Jets going that high in drafts? And frankly, Bell is the only one. I mean, Anderson's going late. Chris Herndon's going semi-late. Um, but And obviously, Darnold's going late. Bell's really the only guy you have to make a decision on. Are you willing to be in business with Le'Veon Bell on this franchise after a year off at the 10th overall pick? You know,
1: there's a lot of risk there. You know, new team. Terrible organization. However, you do have Sam Darrow. I mean, I, he's, I think he's a really great young quarterback. Hopefully the Jets don't ruin him. I can still get on board with taking Le'Veon Bell. I, I hate to admit it, but I've, at this point, I may change my mind, but right now I, I could take Le'Veon Bell. Although and, I probably, I, you know, I'll say this too. I'm going to say it with a caveat. Um, I feel more comfortable taking Odell Beckham. I mean, he's going around that same
0: spot actually a little
1: later. So I probably, I probably won't end up with a lot of Le'Veon Bell, but I wouldn't feel terrible taking him in
0: general. Uh, quick, would you rather Le'Veon Bell? I'm going to name guys that are going after Le'Veon Bell in drafts. All right. Bell or Connor?
1: You know, I think we had this discussion before. I think we did. I think, I, think like, I took Connor, and I think I'm going to stick with Connor. Bell or Mixon? Mixon. You know what? The reason I like Mixon is that Hubbard and his whole crew love Mixon, so I, I must be missing something. Oh, but don't, I don't
0: say think that on the air. That's all right. Um, but Bell,
1: if they weren't blasting all over Twitter. Oh, then who cares? You know, like a Jackson Pollock painting.
0: <laughs> Bell or Dalvin Cook? I'll
1: take
0: Bell. Bell or Nick Chubb? I'll take Bell. Pass catching. All right. So the rest of them, I know you're going to take Bell on okay. okay. So that's very interesting stuff. All right. Let's get into fantasy feedback here. Chuck in New York is going to lead things off with uh, this email. Hey guys, I kind of wrote off Kiki Q T. Given it always see given it always it always seemed to be hurt. <laughs> I think he's a per- he's a he always seemed to be weird is what <laughs> Chuck in New York meant. was um, just thinking about these guys in terms of stats anyway. But I am now rethinking things after I read Deshaun Watson talking him up. See, then he refers to him as a him. Is he a target or a fade for you? That is Chuck in New York. Thank you for the wonderfully disjointed email, Chuck. Uh, right now I can tell you Kuti in best ball drafts going at the 10-10, Dave. Oh,
1: yeah. You're on board? Yeah, I take QT and don't draft Will Fuller ever.
0: Okay, that was my next question. Would you consider no. Okay.
1: I would never I would never draft Will Fuller ever.
0: Uh take a guess at what his ADP is. Seven oh four? Eight oh four. Shoot close. Yeah, so he is going ahead of QT. I wonder if there are people that are would pair those two together. Given yeah, that's
1: not terrible. Given
0: in a best ball given that one of them seems to always be hurt. <laughs> it's actually true. But but here's the other thing. Two both of them are hurt quite a bit too. <laughs> Here's my hot take of the day. Take
1: take all three Hopkins, Fuller, QT. Dave,
0: Dave, here's what I think you can do. Everybody's talking about Fuller and QT. (laughs) Ignore those guys. Take DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins is going to be the best receiver on the Texans this year. That's the guy you want. I like that. I feel like I'm doing my best Mike Francesa um, impersonation here. You
1: just just landed a job at NFL.com. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're hired.
1: (laughs) He's saying Hopkins is going to be awesome. Here's our, totally agree. here's our top six running backs ranking here at NFL.com. Yeah. Just run on the list. Yep. Draft those in your fantasy league, everybody. We'll see you next
0: week. John in Corpus Christi, Texas. Dear Brent and Clay, now that the treacherous rookie season is behind him and the Eagles talking about using more two tight end sets, Dallas Goddard is going to blow up this year. Thank you for the email, John. Dallas Goddard, Dave, not going very high in FFPC best ball drafts. 11 Behind Jordan Reed and Noah Fant, you on board with Dallas Goddard blowing up in Philly this year?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't
0: think he blows up this year. I I, I, I,
1: I, I like his skill set a lot. By the way, can I give props to two factories in the chat room? Uh, Lou Tranquilly, <laughs> you fantasy football. Sure. He had, he's a former field. guest of this show. You know, Meyer has he, Meyer was kind of you know if you have like a really ugly orphan with one leg, really not good looking. Meyer took over this team in the Big F in the League, and then he subsequently made it worse somehow <clears throat> by drafting guys like Will Fuller. But nevertheless, he's still in the league, he's still hanging around. And Lou, Tranquility, has been trying to work Meyer over to get Dallas Goddard for like 20 months or so, it sounds like. Meyer finally sold Goddard, but he got a 20 first from Lou for Goddard. So kudos to you, Meyer. For holding out and getting that value for Dallas. Wait Dallas. a minute, it is, it, is a, it, is a, it is a tight end premium league, by the way. So he he got a future first for Dallas Goddard. Twenty twenty first from Lou Tranquility for Goddard. So I guarantee oh. you that Lou thinks Goddard's breaking up.
0: Well, I mean that's. Well, he also drafted,
1: uh, yeah. he drafted John Ross. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> the albatross. John John Ross, the albatross. Um. But that um, All right. So Goddard, I'm with you. I don't think he blows up this year. I think he's
1: I think he's a good overall. What
0: is interesting is if Ertz were to get hurt, then I think Goddard could be huge. Absolutely. And or when, the next contract
1: or whatever.
0: And if you're investing a pick, what is Ertz going in? The second round right now in, in yeah. FFPC? Yeah. he's going at the uh, two oh three. So he's almost a first round pick. Get Dallas Goddard in the 11th round. I mean, you almost have to do that, to handcuff. Take him in the 10th. I totally agree,
1: actually. And and there's going to be times where you might be – if they actually – it does where they're playing together and playing well and they're getting tough targets and Jeffrey's hurt again like usual, uh, that you could start both of them. And, by
0: the way, uh, Lou does own Earth, so it doesn't make
1: sense for Lou to take
0: him out. I should point out, too, on the uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship podcast, uh, every time they mention Alshon Jeffrey, Farrell corrects everybody and says – in honor of Eric Bachman, let's call him Alshon Jeffries. <laughs> That's great. Oh yeah, I, I, I really.
1: Yeah, why do you call? Why did you Jeffries? Jeffries. Yeah, it's
0: Alshon Jeffries. Like every person, the football guy's message board. And Emmanuel Ander <laughs> from Denver. <laughs> Barry in Atlanta. Should we be concerned about this Ezekiel Elliott shoving a security guard thing, or won't he be suspended until next year, or not at all? Thanks, HSFF guys. That's Barry in Atlanta. I'm assuming Georgia. Um, you saw the video for this on TMZ. I did. It was really not. A, it was a very bad look for Elliot. He looked like a total idiot. He's dressed like a total idiot too.
1: Yeah, like a like, you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> um, do you think he gets suspended this year? Uh-huh. Uh, first let's ask this: Does he? Do you think he gets suspended at all because of this?
1: I would guess no.
0: That's my guess too. I'm surprised there hasn't been more heat on this.
1: Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I think that they're gonna brush this under the rug a little bit, maybe.
0: Um,
1: there was no. There was. You know, he, pushed a, he was a guy, so because right. it wasn't a woman, I guess it's okay.
0: Right, yeah. Oh, right. So terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's
1: kind of true, right? right. If, if a woman had fallen over, oh my God, suspended for a year. But it's just a guy, this is it's a 130 pound tech deck guy who's supposedly working security there. gets knocked over and they pushed over like this metal railing. I mean, he was being a total bully. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's, embarrassing. it's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's embarrassing.
0: I'm sure, he was drunk. Um, Maybe, or high. Or high. Who it, knows?
1: This is the one thing the NFL should do. The first, as soon as it happens, I'd call in for a mandatory drug test, like in a second. Yeah, it's
0: that the players' union is; it would probably have a problem they, with that. Well, they actually
1: negotiate that in the, in the next thing. It's like if there's something controversial that comes yeah. up, the feel call them in instantly for. a NFL has been taking advantage of the
0: players' union for years. This this should be a pretty simple, stirred. All right, let me let me pose a question to you, Dave. Sorry, did you want to say something? Well, you know, watch guy put this in the chat. No suspension
1: portends future trouble. Right now. By the way, Hortense means it could be future. Problems. Oh, thank Probably. you. So, this isn't the first time Elliott's had problems, by the way, too. He's got all these other issues yeah. going on. This guy's hes a power pick. He's okay, now Elliot. getting close to first level knucklehead or
0: anything. Okay. Let's say you're in an FFPC draft. Yeah. You have the four pick. The first three picks are Barkley, McCaffrey, and Kamara. What do you do? I think, I, I mean, FFPC draft.
1: I think I'm taking Elliott. You would take Elliott there. Sure. At at four, okay. I think there's a pretty big chasm between over Kelsey. It. Kelsey, actually, you know, you know, David Johnson. People have been letting him get down pretty far. Yeah. Now they're starting to talk him up a little bit. David Johnson's a really interesting player. One hundred and nine for that's David awesome. Johnson right now. I, I I'd have to think about David Johnson. i having to reach out to him possibly.
0: Okay, but so you would so you would you would take probably take Elliot, but you would consider Johnson. Kelsey, 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 Kelsey
1: and, is not impossible. I would consider. I mean, that's another. Something
0: we can and say. what about New Hopkins? Does he come into play at all or no? I probably would, I probably would not take him, okay. I guess. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's get to, uh, yeah, one last email tonight. We're only 10 minutes over. Nice job, Eric. Jim in Reno, do you view Delaney Walker as a good bounce-back tight end that I can count on to be my starter? Or is he just a has-been that's never going to be a big contributor again? Thank you for the email, Jim. Delaney Walker, Dave, currently going in FFPC best ball drafts at the 906. He is going ahead of TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Rudolph, and Jack Doyle. He is going behind Chris Herndon, Trey Burton, Austin Hooper, and Vance McDonald. Your thoughts on Delaney Walker going at the nine oh six. Is that a worthwhile pick there for you? So
1: say again who he was going before and after. I'm he talking. is
0: going right after uh, Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper, Trey Burton, Chris Herndon. He is going right before T J Hawkinson, Kyle Rudolph, and Jack Doyle. Yeah, I
1: like I like Walker, I think. Quite
0: a bit. I'm just looking at this right now. Jim in right. Reno oh. wants to know if he can count on him as a starter. I'm assuming tight end premium league. And he is right now going as the 14th. Yeah, 14th tight end off the board. So I don't know if you can really count on him as your starter. But certainly if you wait on tight end and you grab somebody like Burton or Herndon. Uh, go tight end again right away and grab Delaney Walker, somebody like that. I don't think that's the worst strategy in the world. Oftentimes, when I wait on uh, a position like quarterback or tight end, I usually double up right away on that just to make sure I have a pretty capable backup in case my original pick does not pan out.
1: Yeah, makes a lot of sense actually. So, Delaney
0: Walker, uh, you're on board with in the ninth round for PC. Yeah, seems fine. Okay. All right, fair enough. Well, that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. I want to, of course, thank uh, Bob Levens for hopping on the blower tonight and uh, talking a little football, guys, players' championship with us. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, By the way, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. I'm sorry to, have to interrupt. Yes, there's supposed to
1: be is there some sort of apology coming to Two Packer. An apology. Fake news, you said twice.
0: I have not heard the retraction apology about.
1: Guess wasn't in the news and he wasn't the point leader. Wasp guy dominated that all season. No, I I have no idea. Did I say that last week? I, I didn't know. So no. okay, so hang on. So Wasp Guy was is this right? Wasp guy was the the regular season point leader in Revelations, is that right, y'all?
0: Uh maybe.
1: Yes, and according to the, <laughs> the poor form of the playoffs Revelations, uh, Wasp Guy got boned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now that's a great team name right there. Wasp Guy got boned. I love hashtag that. Fraser. Yeah, hashtag Fraser. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so our, our apologies. Are yeah, sincere, sincerely apologize uh, Curry for, is, for any is fake is the news I might have Player All hail Hudson Kern. And, he to and in, in here's the more boning of the wasp guy. <laughs> we'll be back next Friday, maybe to bone the wasp guy. I'm not really sure. Uh, ten nine Central. Nine time football guys players championship league champion Daryl Wall is actually going to be our guest. Uh, next Friday at ten nine central for our final show of May. So uh, hopefully you come back for that. Check out the Maiden Dynasties and the 2019 Best Ball Leagues at myffpc.com. Hopefully we've given you some ammunition tonight that you can arm yourself with as you go in to try to dominate a major. draft. Get in on the Football Guys Early Bird. That expires at the end of next month, coming up in a few weeks. And the main event, Early Bird, expires a week from today. Hustle in, save that money, and try to win a half million bucks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
2: We're on floor, even more so if we on tour, Me and e the country, wondering about
0: the so I know we uh we actually made the wager of Daniel Jones and Eli Manning, and you said uh, Daniel Jones starts or Eli Manning starts ten or more games. How many do you honestly think that Eli Manning starts? Do you think he starts all sixteen?
1: Uh, I kind of, I kind of do.
0: Really? Because Daniel Jones sucks or what?
1: Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, 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 actually, you know, I remember the, the GM talking about him playing a couple more seasons or whatever. I actually, yeah. I feel like Eli has gotten thrown under the bus a, just a little bit too much. I feel like he's not that great, but he's not the worst. I mean, this completion percentage—I I don't, I don't have in front of you. But I think it was actually pretty reasonable last okay. year. Okay. Not bad. All
0: right. So, and who's the beneficiary on that? Is it just Barkley? You well, excited actually, about I any of the other Giants pass catchers?
1: Well, I actually think Tate and Shepard at their ADPs for the best ball that strategy. I don't think it's a bad one. Huh? I don't
0: know. I mean, Ingram, I don't know. I, God. I see, so, in- Ingram's a conundrum for you right now.
1: Well, you know, Beckham, that's a lot of targets on Beckham Leeds. That's a ton of targets available. Indeed. I think Ingram could be all right. I mean, in spite of our guests not liking him, I think it's possible.
0: Um, midnight draft filled. There's another one open. Hop in, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a fun time tonight uh, <laughs> with yours truly as the commission. We will be back next Friday at 10, 9 central. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Memorial Day. All right. Thank you.